Welcome to the Portion Podcast, a weekly discussion of the Torah portion of the week. I am your host, Aaron Roller, here with my co-host, Rabbi Jonathan Bienenfeld. And I'm very happy to be here at the beginning of Sefer Shmos. Yeah, the Shmot, the book of Exodus. Not not a literal translation. Uh, ex- no, no. Shmot means names. Right. A more catchy title, if I may suggest. Names? I uh, know, Exodus. Yeah, well, yeah. it's more descriptive, right? Right, right. those Latin translators knew what they were doing they did they did you know <laughs> safer geula also they didn't they didn't know english also true um anyway but they didn't call it like latin for names whatever that might be let's just dive in um so i think on this week's on this week's episode we are going to speak about moshe Rabbeinu, which i i think is entirely fitting because Makes a lot of sense yes now uh, time. yeah I, moses is this is basically from here until the end of the torah the whole rest of the Torah is really Moshe's lifetime. We get his birth in this week's Torah portion and way at the end of the cycle, at the end of, uh, of the book of Deuteronomy, Sefer Dvarim, we will have his death. And that's that's pretty much where we are right now. The rest of it is is kind of his life and the laws that he gives in his life. Which And, you know, it's also remarkable when you put it that way. We know more about the life of Moshe Rabbeinu than... I believe this is true than any other personality in the entire Torah. And yet there are still these gaping holes that we would love to know. We would love to know more about his, his childhood and about his adolescence and as a young adult and these, these periods of a couple of years here and there where he just seems to sort of like disappear and what daily life looked like. So it's amazing. It's remarkable. As much as we know so much relatively about Moshe's life, there's so much that we, so much more that we we wish we heard about. Yeah, absolutely right. In fact, that's why when DreamWorks made their Prince of Egypt film, they had to get a uh, chariot race in there. Uh, that's that is everything you just said is accurate. <laughs> did, did you see Prince of Egypt? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I saw it in the theater. Actually, I know I saw it's it in the theater. Kid, yeah, I saw it in the theater on winter break of 1999. In in. In Florida, right. It had to have been a while ago because it was animated. It was like animated by hand. It wasn't computer right. animated. Yeah, no. The um, the splitting of the sea was computer. Right, was com- right. That was right. very, was very impressive. Very cool. Yeah. All right, but anyway, the point is, is that the filmmakers felt they need to add stuff because, you know, so little is a little, little so scant. Little is right. But that said, let's talk. I want to talk about what we do know and and what it tells us about leadership and about Moshe's leadership. I, I think it's fair to say that Moshe is the most unique and remarkable leader in Jewish history and we have we have kings we have prophets but we don't have anybody who who in terms of the you know the give, gives he gives the Torah he sets up the Mishkan he leads the people out of Egypt he's just he just looms larger over over everybody else in in the Torah and in Jewish history yeah that's that's right and so the question that I want to ask is what makes Moshe Moshe how do you get to be that person and i mean there's so much but the the thing that i was thinking about is the idea of hybridity right like the of what hy- like he's a hybrid oh that he is yeah but but hybridity is that actually a word i i suspect it is, it is. yeah starting right now it's a word you okay. know when as an english okay, podcast listeners a, as an english major in the uh early aughts we had to read a lot of uh 
you know, critical theory and postmodern philosophy where they there are all kinds of words that you're not sure if they're they're real. And hi- right, hi- hybridity was, I was definitely also about the hybridity of Moshe and what a wonderful <laughs> leader it made him. So what do you mean by that? Well, I, what, what I mean is that Moshe is he's born in he's he's born into Jewish parents uh, and yet he's raised in the house of Paro. Uh, and yet he. Very, very. I think it's very, very critical. It's not just the idea that he is a a prince who sees the suffering of the people. It's that he also, uh, from the earliest age, knows. And maybe he's been. We don't. We don't know this, obviously. But you know, whether he's repressed it or hidden it or just kind of known it as like a uh, yeah, okay, I'm. You know, oh yeah, my my you know, my my. My grandparents were Jewish, but I'm not Jewish myself. You know, like whatever the sensibility he had growing up in the house of the Pharaoh, he has some consciousness of the fact that he is not exactly fitting in in the system. And so I I think it's those people who are not totally in and not totally out that have the that that have the ability to be change agents. Right. If you are. If you are, you know, I mean, there's the idea of the slave mentality, right? A person who is, you know, the, the the rest of the Jewish people, I mean, his brother and sister are are tremendous leaders, uh, Aaron and Miriam. But in terms of, you know, and, and this is, it, of course, it's not a question of just what he does. It's also a question of really what makes God choose him, right? But on a certain level, he's he has the, he can speak the language. He can go and confront Pharaoh in a way probably that nobody else who is a slave can do. And yet he can also, he can identify with the slavery without having the subservience of, of a slave. So I think that that is yeah, one piece of it. Regal bearing. Uh, yeah, I think regal bearing might might be might be part of it. But I, I again, I think it has more to do with like your mindset. Like, I mean, so we get to the, the you know, sort of the critical moment or one of many critical moments, right, is he sees the egyptian uh you know taskmaster attacking beating beating a, a jewish slave and he and he kills the egyptian right and there's you know the commentaries i love i love the idea that he uses the name of god which is i you know i never thought about this before but the idea that like what does it mean that he uses the name of god how does he know the name of god and it's especially interesting right this is what the mentor says he uses he uses the god's god's holy secret name to strike down this egyptian what a telling moment Right. Because he that's like an it's like he has the he has the magic words, but the magic word is also like the God that he has either kept secret or kept at arm's length or has, you know, been whatever it is. The point is, is like it, it what a coming out. Right. It's like <laughs> I'm announcing it. God, I'm here and I'm standing up for justice. And he but the point is, is that like how many times a day? Did an Israelite slave watch another Israelite slave get beaten? Right. And wish that they could could beat up the Egyptian taskmaster, and yet they didn't do it. And yet he has the again, I think it's more than regal bearing, he has the wherewithal to do it because he's he's both one of them, but he's also a member of, of the ruling class. He's one of the elites. So I was going to say something that maybe cuts along these lines. I think I think the the point that you're making is really uh, borne out in in a Rashi right on that point. And uh, and I was actually going to kind of uh, go in a different in a different direction with it. But this is when Moshe sees that very event take place when he sees the Egyptian striking down the Jew, 
and he determines that he's going to do something about it. So the Torah tells us that this was Vayihibayamimahem, happened in those days, specifically Vayigdal Moshe. Moshe grew up, Vayitzel Achavi went out to his brothers, Vayar Basivlasam, and he saw their, their burdens, he saw their oppression. And it was at that point that Vayar Ish Mitzri, he saw the Egyptian man, and he was striking the Jew, and then he does something about it, and he kills the Egyptian. So Rashi makes a point on these words, Vayigdal Moshe, that Moshe grew up, saying that effectively we already know that Moshe grew up. We already know that he had actually uh, developed and he'd grown physically because the previous Pasuk tells us exactly that, Vayigdal Hayelet, that the boy grew up. So Rashi says that the first Vayigdal tells us that he grew up physically. The second Vayigdal, Vahasheni Ligdula, it is in terms of stature or rank or prominence, Sheminahu Paro Albeso that Parho had actually appointed him over his house, and it's specifically at that point that he takes note of what's going on around him. He takes note of the, of the Egyptians striking down the, the, the Jewish, his Jewish brethren. So maybe to your point, it's that until this point, he may well have noticed, but there was nothing that he could do about it. And it's not until he actually achieves that rank where he's in control and he feels like he actually is in a position of authority. I was sort of thinking more along the lines of, of almost psychologically what that does for a person. That, yeah, oh, definitely. That when you're at the point that you've been given prominence, sometimes, and you know, sometimes it can come in the form of an actual crisis. Like, here, everybody looks up to me. Here, everybody's telling me that I'm so great and I'm so wonderful and that I'm, uh, and that I'm, I'm this, this impressive leader and that I've been uh, placed in this, in this important position by, by the Pharaoh himself. And, and Why? And, and what's my worth and what's my value and what's my medal and, and, and what have I really done to deserve any of these accolades? Well, because I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth because I've, I've risen through the ranks of Paro's own home. What have I actually done in order to achieve or in, in order to, to rightfully attain any of these accolades? And that starts, to, that starts to almost plague you until you actually do something about it. It's the, you know, the way that the Masil uh, Sisharm, Rabbi, Rabbi Moshe Chaim Lutato, speaks about the way that we actually develop in terms of our behavior is that the, the most critical thing that a person could do is just stop and reflect. Because if you stop and reflect and create a space in which you start to become just aware of some of your actions, your misdeeds, what is planted is a seed of guilt, very, very healthy guilt, and that guilt grows and grows and grows until you almost naturally do something about it. And perhaps that Moshe being given this title, he looks himself in the mirror the next day and he says, I have this title and they call me a ruler and they call me a leader. What am I a leader of? What am I doing? Who am I, who am I here for? Is it, it's one of these moments of, of if I'm only for myself then what am I? And it's at that point that, that the, the brunt and the weight of this role and this title that he's been given actually, confronts him or he confronts it and he and he decides and he determines to actually do something about it i love this because it plays so well into one of the other i think critical features of what makes moshe moshe which is that he is so humble right. <laughs> i mean right like it's it's striking that even when he he strikes the egyptian he clearly thinks the situation is is wrong then and yet when god confronts him and says I want you to be the person who's going to end this institution of, of slavery and you're going to take the people out. He, he tries every which way to say, I'm not the right person to do it. And 
I think it's that combination of like it's not about the position, it's not about thinking that he's born for greatness or or thinking that he you know, like he should be. I, I mean, I, I think it plays in because you're saying that he you know, as per the, the Rashi that you read, he has been given a title. He's been given authority and it wakes him up to it wakes him up to the fact that he has to use his responsibility properly. Like in other words, being given a title, being given a position of responsibility, he's aware of the burden of it, and he is, um, you know, maybe maybe it causes some trepidation then when Hashem confronts him later on. Have, we, have that, we quoted Uncle Ben recently? With great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, I think that, I think it's been a <laughs> that, that's huge here. Yeah, you mean that in playing into his reluctance, I, his yeah. reluctance, but also also what at least initially motivates him to do and to perform is is the realization that that I've been given all this power and what do I have to show for it? People are praising me and they're, and they're telling me that I'm important. I'm important. I'm important. I'm important for what, what have I done? What have I accomplished? What have I achieved? Well, what I like, it's, it's also interesting that, that, or I guess a a way to think about the fact that he seems to be such a a staunch defender of, of justice and he's standing up for people. And yet when, when Hashem confronts him and says, I want you to lead the people out from bondage, he he shrinks from that responsibility. I, I mean, I wonder if that's like the difference between just being like, well, I just want to do the right thing when confronted, right? I want to live a normal life. I want to just be a good person versus having to be a good leader, right? Like it's a different thing. Like I'm a private citizen. I, I mean, I, I just to like, I'm going <laughs> to give a personal example here. There was a, a point in, uh, my life when uh, somebody, whatever, someone was trying to recruit me to um, to be part of a rabbinic ordination program and was like, oh, you, you'd be a great rabbi. And I was like, no, I, I really wouldn't be. Uh, like, I'm really very, very happy <laughs> trying my best to be a good person on my own terms. And, you know, and I hear him speaking with you, you know, you've made a very different choice. But like, I, you know, the idea of like, uh, you know, maybe it's po- like, again, I, I, I was definitely i feel a struggle to try to be a good person every single day and i I don't want to i like to be a role model in sort of a a common person kind of way but the idea of like then you know step up and be a a leader of people like that's that's a different level and it's like yeah you know like why can't there need to be good followers as well as good leaders and and i think moshe at a certain level maybe says like you know I'll, i'll 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 call out injustice when i see it but the idea of of uh, of getting pulled into this, and yet, what we see is that for uh, for Moshe at least, not <laughs> here the analogy to me stops, but the hundred um, percent, but but the but for Moshe Rabbeinu, Hashem saying it's not enough, it's not enough to just be able to see it and stop it when you see it, that that it's it's systemic, that it's a system, it's part of a, a whole, it's part of everything, and unless you are willing to address it as a you know the whole system try to save everybody try to confront paro over the over the the whole system of slavery then then just being a good person and dealing with it when you see it is not going to be good enough for you maybe it's good enough for some people but it's not good enough for for emotion i yeah i think the i think the the difficulty or the challenge of modesty and of being this this great unof it's kind of funny to use the term great unof uh, he was a great, greatly, he was enormously humble, uh, but that's the reality. And, and I think that part of the challenge is in, is 
in the fact that another humility can sort of it can take on or become manifest in two different ways right it can mean that i just shrink into the corner uh, and forget about me um but that in of itself sometimes is is what i'm actually doing to some degree is i'm i'm pulling some of that space along with me and i'm making almost a certain demand about the about the space that i will have meaning if true to me true humility is is really a, a function of sacrifice right it's the it's the willingness to give up the self in the favor of whatever else i i am unimportant hmm. and i am not so i am not so critical so therefore either let the spotlight not be on me because the leader needs to be somebody who has the spotlight cast upon him and therefore needs that backbone and needs that confidence and needs that dynamism on the one hand. And yet on the other hand, to some degree, it is specifically the anav who is meant to be the leader because there's going to be all that personal space that's going to need to be sacrificed in the interest of leadership. You're going to become a servant of the community. You're going to become a servant of the nation. You're going to become a servant of God. You're going to be at his beck and call. And you're going to be sacrificing your personal life and your personal space and your personal interests all for the sake of whatever it is that that God's will or the people might will. And uh, it requires a humble person because somebody who is not humble and somebody who has who has the demands about what his own personal life is going to is going to look like can't really fit that position. And I think that that's exactly what is playing out in the Parsha when when Moshe is selected, when Moshe is chosen, when they're standing there at the burning bush, and on the one hand, he's, it, it seems like pure humility, and it seems exactly what the situation calls for, that Moshe should absolutely retreat from this calling, and he should absolutely say, who am I, and I'm a nothing, and I'm not important enough, and I'm not good enough, and I don't have the, the requisite skills. The fact is, he's right on the money about all those things. He He's not, I mean... Looking at it from at least a particular vantage point, we we spoke about the about how wonderful it is, sort of that Moshe has the royal pedigree and he has the royal bearing, and that he grew up in the palace, and maybe that gives him something of an edge. On the one hand, on the other hand, he's somebody who didn't he he wasn't part of the slavery, so how is this going to be somebody that the rest of the people identify with? He wasn't part of the of the difficulties. He wasn't part of the oppression. Does he really get them? Does he really understand them? Mm. And that's going to be something that's very challenging. And he insists that he doesn't have the right skills. He doesn't have the right tools for the job. So he says, like, you know, forget about me. And and he's, and indeed he's being modest. And that all works well for a while. And at some point, it, it turns. At some point, God says, enough is enough. And, and now, it's, now it's just not correct anymore. Now it's sort of modesty. It's not even modesty to a fault. It's more that it is, at that point, the inappropriate manifestation of that exact same Mida. He's also like, oh, I'm, I'm God. <laughs> I'm a shem, well, that's so the I, point. Meaning, you know? at, meaning at some point, you might be right about everything, but what you're saying effectively is that life ought to run the way you perceive it, right? Which is... On the one hand, modesty, and yet on the other hand, it's making certain demands about about the world, the world around you, and how you fit within that world according to the way that you see it and how and how things ought to be. And God's saying that, like, I, I'm God. At some point, I I call the shots, and I'm telling you how it is. You might be on the run, you might be right on the money about everything that you're claiming, but ultimately, what true anava calls for in this moment is for you to sacrifice yourself, sacrifice everything you know, sacrifice what you perceive as being the as being the the appropriate 
the appropriate approach to filling this this void of leadership uh, and and sacrificing that vision for the sake of and in the interest of what I'm telling you we need to do and we need to make happen. I, I think it's really profound what you're saying. Like, the, I mean, that idea of of the self-sacrifice, the idea that you have to be able to let go of a, a piece of yourself in order to lead is a uh, it's a tremendous it's a, it's just it's a very deep thing. The idea that you think that a, a good leader is a person who has to be able to leave something of themselves behind. And, and yet, I think that because we think of a leader as being a very assertive person, a person who can speak up and a person who can rep, you know, represent, but but really, I, I think it's a tightrope. And I, I think that, and uh, you know, sim- similar to going from uh, you know, my idea of of hybridity to to the, the to the humility, I, I think another that that segues really well into another piece that I think is very very critical. You know, I talked about the fact that he, uh, you know, knows that he's from. Uh, that he knows he's he's uh, you know one from from the Israelites that he's a Jew, but I think it's also the idea that he's part of a community or that he understands that he's a community. He, I think that like it ha- it's that tightrope. It's the idea. Yeah, you you can sacrifice yourself. You can negate a bit of yourself to to lead, but you can't leave it all behind. And it's so interesting that as we go from Breshit to Shmot, right? Breshit is just story after story after story. Of sibling rivalry, right? From <laughs> it's just there's no such thing as a, a family where the siblings all get along, and yet right here, right in this week's Torah portion, we are just in a completely different reality where Moshe has a brother and a sister, and and his sister Miriam is a a, a more a more fully formed. We had Dina uh, in in Brayshit, but she really only appears for a short time. She's the most fully formed sister. Uh, that we that we get as a personality, and he gets along with them, and he shares leadership on, at a, to a, to up to a point with with both of them, and he has parents, and he he recognizes, and he he's part of, you know, I, I mean, it's interesting. I think it's something we should track as we talk through these these parshiot is the the way that he navigates this. I think that's going to be a really interesting thing to look at, um, you know, a lens through through which to to view this. How much is he? giving up of himself, how much of himself is he able to to retain? How much does he need to retain in order to be a good leader? I, I What are we seeing in any given moment? Are we seeing Moshe? Are we seeing an absence of Moshe? Yeah, and how does it affect him? Because I, I, like I said, I, I think it's a tightrope. I don't think it's just you have to be able to destroy yourself in order to lead, Absolutely. or you have to be right, because that's that's look, that's <laughs> an abandonment of all the of all the, the the tools and the skills that that Moshe or any leader is actually given. And the idea is is figuring out exactly that sweet spot of on the one hand being able to employ and put into play those skills, those talents, those abilities that can be of help to the rest of the nation or the rest of the people. On the one hand, and on the other hand, not making demands about what it's all necessarily going to look like because at the end of the day you're there to service others. Well, I'm looking forward to getting into Safer Schmote with you. I'm really looking forward to great to, you know, using using this lens and talking about this and uh, other issues as we go through it. But this was a a, a great start. Great yeah. intro. The Portion Podcast is recorded in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, produced by Aaron Roller. Our theme music is the Magid's Niggin by Simply Tzvat. If you enjoy the show, please tell your friends about it any way you can. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to rate us and leave a review, and you can follow the show on Facebook. We are sponsored by the Pravda Family Foundation. Have a good Shabbos, and remember, there is always more to learn. (laughs) 